Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special New Year's message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Change brings uncertainty. And nobody likes uncertainty because uncertainty is also scary. I mean, think about it. When you're excited to get married, but will the marriage really work for you? We're excited to have children, but can I really raise godly children? We're excited about starting a new job, but can we really do the job? We're excited about what God is doing and, you know, uh, the prospects of, you know, uh, a parking lot and the prospects of the church growing and all of these things. But will the money and the finances and, and what will the growth require of us? Listen, you can't please God. Listen to me right here. You cannot please God unless you are willing to change. You can't please God unless you're willing to trust God. I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that says, For we walk by faith and not by what, saints? You know that. If you really want to trust God, you got to be willing to change. If you really want to walk with God, you got to be willing to walk by faith. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, you got to, you've got to do some things differently. And that requires you to move forward into uncertainty. I think of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For Solomon to grow and please God, watch this, something had to be removed. For Solomon, watch this, you're going to love it. For Solomon to grow and please God, something has to die. Did you get that? Something has to die. In this case, David. David needed to take a step through the veil of eternity so Solomon could grow and become the king that God wanted him to be. And the same is true for an individual and the same is true for a church. You know, I've been pastoring this church for 20 years now. You know that. And I'll tell you, change is most difficult, I find, most difficult for the people who have been here the longest, uh, even first service and even second service, uh, particularly I'm looking at two couples. Uh, one had been here for 15 years. The other had been here for 19 of the 20 years. Deb and Jeff Rudd have been here for 19 of the 20 years. And what is a blessing is that they are still here because change is difficult for people that have been in the church the longest because they've seen things change and maybe sometimes they like to change and maybe sometimes they don't like to change. And sometimes they, you know, they, and, and sometimes when you've been in a place for a long time, you fail to change with it. Uh huh. Y'all pray for me. You fail to change with it. You, you gotta change with, you know, especially in church life. You gotta change with the church. You can't remain 
the way you were 10 years ago because now there's a lot more people and a lot more ministries and a lot more things to do. And you've got to grow with the church. You can't almost stay in the place that you were because what will happen is you'll find yourself um, feeling alone in a very big church. You find yourself feeling alone, and it's very easy to feel alone in a very big church. People, you know, they have been here a long time. They they they've seen changes, and 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 it's and it's difficult for them sometimes. I, I realize that. But if God is going to continue to use the ministry, we've got to be open to change. Somebody say Amen. We got to move with God and move into that new season. Let's move on to point number two. A new season brings challenges. Now that Solomon is a new king. Solomon is faced with new challenges, and we find those challenges in the next chapter. I want you to go to chapter 3 with me. Come on. Y'all stay with me. Y'all all right? Amen. You already had your pancakes. You're probably fine. All right. First Kings chapter 3. Look at chapter 3. We're talking about the challenges that Solomon faces as a new king. I want you to look at First Kings chapter 3 and look at verse 5. First Kings 3. Look at verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, look at this, y'all. Ask, what shall I give you? Will you underline that? Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and in righteousness and uprightness of heart with you. And you've continued this great kindness for him, for you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David, but I am still a child. I do not know how to go out or come in. The idea is dot, dot, dot before your people. And your servant in verse eight is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I might discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? This speech, the Bible says, pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Now, saints, look at me. Give me your attention. Solomon is about 20 years old at this time. And God shows up. Did y'all pick this up? God shows up in a dream to a 20-year-old, and he says to him, he says, listen, Solomon, you can have whatever you want. Solomon, ask, and whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. Now, if you're 20 years old and God said you can have anything you want, what would you ask for? I want to be a rap star. I want more money, more money, more money, more money. I want popularity. God, I want a hoverboard. <laughs> Amen. Now, why are people doing this? Do you know what? We honestly live in a crazy culture. You give your child, you're just a lovely parent. You give your child a hoverboard. No one is going to blow up. You set your child on fire. I have to call the GPS or the, the uh, <laughs> what do you call it the the public service people? Or the, I call it GPS. 
the, the government. <laughs> I didn't say government. I said the government. <laughs> and, oh, bad parents. Why? They're blowing up. Kids are like riding by on fire. Hey, mom, I'm having a good time. It's like stupid. I mean, but if you were 20 years old and God said you can have whatever you want, you know what I'd ask God for? I'd ask God for my own lane on the I-40. I know I'm on to something. Ask God for my own lane on the I-40. I'm just going wherever I want to go. Nobody can get in my lane. If you get in my lane, then a drone just poof. I think I'm on to something. I would love this. God said, Solomon, whatever you want, I will give it to you. I want you to notice, look at verse 7, what Solomon said. Solomon said, God, you've made me king. I am young. I don't know how to rule your people. So God, give me wisdom. In verse 11, God said, because you didn't ask for money, because you didn't ask for your own lane on I-40 or anything selfishly, you didn't ask for the life of your enemies. God said, I'm going to give you wisdom and a whole lot more. Verse 13, I'm going to give you riches and honor like no one has ever seen or heard. Solomon, listen, understood the challenge that he faced in this season of change was leading God's people. And I know from firsthand as a pastor, that is a challenge. Leading God's people is a challenge because sheep have sharp teeth. Y'all say amen. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Sheep have sharp teeth. They really do. And and sometimes it's difficult many times for a pastor to lead a church. You know, I was talking to Miss Elvira and I was telling her, I was saying, you know, I don't care. You know, sometimes we let denominational differences separate us. And that's unfortunate because I think that we have more in common than we have not in common. We have more in common in that we believe that Jesus came in the form, the babe born in Bethlehem, grew up and became a man. And he died on the cross for our sins and they buried him in a damp, dark uh, tomb and, and he rose again on the third day and, and we all believe that whether you're Presbyterian or you're Lutheran or you're Episcopalian or you're Baptist or you're Pentecostal or you're Baptocostal or you're Calvary Chapelite whatever it is we all believe that and, and I look at pastors ministers who have been in ministry for 20, 30, 40 50 years I honestly I respect that uh, even if we disagree on some things the- theologically. Now, if, if it gets to the point of heresy, we, we, we got a problem. But, but I respect that because it is, having now done it for 20 years, I'm surprised I'm still here. I'm more surprised I'm still here than you are. You're like, I'm really surprised you're here. No, I'm more surprised that I'm here because it's difficult. Leading God's people can be a challenge. Getting people to serve in the ministry can be a real challenge. You know, me, me now, I, we've been blessed. Here at Calvary Chapel, I'm going to tell you something. We have really been blessed. We have a great staff, and we have wonderful pastors who really work hard to do the work of the ministry. Oh, I need everybody in this room to clap your hands. And say amen. They really do. They, they really work hard. And, 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 and they work hard with people in the ministry. But that's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, getting Christians to serve the Lord 
is a toughie. And Christians are the master. Listen, I ain't talking to nobody here. All right. I'm talking to folk in the second service. All right. And the first. Nobody in here. All right. Christians are the master of Christian lingo and excuses. Hey, brother, can you, um, you know, help out with the men's breakfast? You know, could you help out, you know, get set up with the men's breakfast? Well, you know, man, I don't have a witness in my spirit. You don't have a witness in spirit. Do you have a witness to eat? I don't have a witness. Oh, hey, would you mind helping out with the children's ministry and just rotate? And I think if everybody who has children just rotate in the children's ministry, everybody will have a class like every four months or something like that for a couple of two weeks. So if everybody just rotates, would you mind helping out with children's ministry? Uh, you know, Pastor Rodney, I got to tell you, I really don't feel called to children. Really? I mean, kids, you got six. Oh, you feel called to something. I can tell you that right now. Oh, yeah, you feel called to something. Well, you know, can you help out, you know, with the, you know, ladies' tea and, you know, just get some chairs up and uh, the Christian masters and excuses. I have heard them all. Can you help out with the ladies' tea and just set some chairs up and get them out the way, you know, so the ladies can set down the tables and do all the ladies' stuff, you know. Oh, you know what? I, I, what time is it? It's gonna be. We're gonna meet at two o'clock. Oh, you know what? Two o'clock. That's exactly the time that the lion trainer is coming over to um, help out with the lion at the house. It's amazing. I mean, it is amazing how Christians are good at making excuses. Ben Franklin said, "He that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else." Once you become good at making excuses, that's all you're good for. Excuses make it difficult to lead the ministry. Leading his people is challenging. And Solomon said, Lord, give me wisdom that I might lead your people. And right now, might I just kind of add this as a side note? Right now, Lord, give me wisdom. Wouldn't that be a really good prayer for the White House? Oh, would that be awesome prayer? And you know what? That's just too easy, isn't it? To just say, you know what? Everybody stop. Let's just pray and ask God what to do about these multiple, multiple problems that we have in this country and ask God to give us wisdom. I honestly think, and maybe two people can clap your hands and say amen. I honestly think if we call out to God, then God will answer. The problem is we're too prideful. We're too prideful. We're too busy worried about our parties. We're too busy worried about what side of the aisle you're on. Versus let's pray and seek the Lord. Amen. We want to take prayer out of school. Listen, you'll never take prayer out of school. You will never, never, never take prayer. You know, I, I remember that people, parents were getting up in arms. Oh, they're taking prayer out of school. They're taking prayer out of school. Let me tell you something. There will always be prayer in school. You, there will always be, as long as they are a math test, <laughs> that kids fail to study for, there will be prayer in school. Because as soon as they look at their first prayer, they start, oh, Jesus. <laughs> And they start speaking in tongues. They'll be speaking in tongues in school. Y'all know I know what I'm talking about. 
They'll be speaking in tongues in school. Why? Because you can't stop prayer in school because prayer is an issue of the heart. And you can't stop an issue of the heart. I can pray whenever I want to pray. But we need to seek the Lord and we need to ask God for wisdom. Somebody once said, and I love this, wisdom is the reward you get for a lifetime of listening when you would have preferred to talk. And I told you that there is a distinct, definite difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. Wisdom is the proper use of those facts. Knowledge tells you that that little black animal with a white stripe down his back is a skunk. Knowledge tells you that that skunk can emit a pungent odor. Wisdom tells you, get out of there. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Write it down. And unfortunately, some of the smartest, most knowledgeable people ain't got a lick of wisdom. Somebody say amen. Yeah, I said it, a licker. You ain't got liquor. Wisdom. You don't. Wisdom is more important than knowledge because you can have knowledge and not know how to apply it. Am I right about it? You know, my mom used to say, those people are educated fools. You got knowledge, but you don't know how to apply it. God could give you a million dollars, but if you don't have the wisdom to know how to properly use it, you might as well not have it. True wisdom comes from God, and if you ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you. James chapter 1, verse 5. If anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally to all and without reproach, and it will be given to him. That means if you say, Lord, I need wisdom, listen, for whatever your circumstance is today, If you say, God, I need wisdom, not knowledge, because I got all the facts. I'm talking to somebody. I got all the facts, but I need wisdom, Lord. God will give you wisdom. The Bible clearly says, if any of you, you who, you, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God is going to give it to you liberally. That means he's going to pour it out on you. He's going to give it to you graciously and generously, Without reproach, he's not going to hold it back. He's going to give it to you if you ask. If you need wisdom, you go to God and he'll give you wisdom. And not only will he give it, but he'll give it liberally. Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom and it pleased God to give it. Point number three, and finally, a new season exposes champions. Solomon, listen, had just completed building the temple of the Lord. I want you to go with me to chapter 8 now. Just five chapters to the right. Come on. Chapter 8, 1 Kings chapter 8. New seasons exposes champions. I hope y'all getting something out of this. New seasons exposes champions. Look at 1 Kings chapter 8 and scroll down with me to verse 10. Look at 1 Kings chapter 8 and look at verse 10. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest in verse 11 could not continue to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And then Solomon spoke. The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. Listen, the priest, the Bible says, couldn't continue to minister because of the presence of the Lord. So Solomon has completed the building. Remember, David is the one who gathered all the stuff to build the tabernacle or the the, the temple. Remember, 
David gathered it all. David got all the money together. David got all the beams together. David got everything together. But David couldn't build God a house because David was a man of blood, a man of war. But Solomon now comes along and he finishes what his father had to do. Remember, something has to die in order for something to be able to move into a new season. David died, Solomon builds the temple, and the Bible says that after the temple was completed, man, I need a DVD. After the temple was completed, the glory of the Lord showed up, and it was so powerful. His presence was so powerful that they couldn't even continue to minister the priest. That would be like we gather in this place right now and God's presence becomes so heavy that I can't even continue to speak. Or God's presence is so heavy that Pastor Matt can't continue to play his guitar. The worship singers can't continue to, to, to sing worship. Junior can't continue to bang on those drums. Because God's presence is so heavy. I love having a DVD of that. Verse 12 and 13 tell us, in Solomon spoke, the Lord said he would dwell in, in the dark cloud. I have built you, God, a place to dwell in forever. Listen, Solomon accepted this new season and the changes that came with it. And he faced those challenges with humility and seeking God's wisdom. And because of that, Solomon becomes a champion for the kingdom. God does can do great things with someone who is willing to submit their heart to him, God can get great things done for the kingdom. And God wants to do great things with Calvary Chapel. And God wants to do great things with you in our community. But the key to being used of God, listen, is not ability. It's, anybody know? Availability. The key to being used by God is not ability. It's not, you know, I, I don't have the ability. I've never been to seminary. I've never been to Bible college. I've never been to college. I graduated 12th grade and just graduated 12th grade. Like, whew, that was close. <laughs> My mother said, I'm proud of you. You got through. <laughs> now, you know, when your mom say, I'm proud of you, you got through. You didn't do so great. I didn't go to that. prepare. You can't prepare for the ministry. This, what, what is happening from this pulpit right here and the pulpits across America is not something that you can prepare for. You could go to seminary until you turn blue in the face. You can, I, I know people actually that have several degrees in various masters of divinity and masters in theology and masters in sociology and all of these things to prepare for the ministry. And they feel that they have to go to school to prepare for the ministry. I can tell you, I know firsthand you can do all of those things and still not be able to do what God has called someone to do from this pulpit. This is not something you can prepare for. It's not. It's not. It's just not. This is a calling. People ask me all the time, what school did you go to? What school did you go to? I tell them, oh, I went to UHS. Hey, UHS? Oh, I've never heard of UHS. What? Must be a prestigious school. I go, oh, it is. <laughs> oh, it must be really prestigious. So prestigious, it's like private, and I've never even heard of it. Oh, no, you really haven't. It's, it's really prestigious. What's the name of it? University of the Holy Spirit. 
Oh, I see. Because <laughs> you can't prepare for this. God has got to call you to this. God has got to, it's not about ability, it's about availability. The key to being used of God is submitting to the will of God and recognizing your season and grabbing hold of that moment. And when God opens the door, move out and trust the Lord. The reason many people are not used of God is because they won't simply trust God to do great things through them. One of the first verses I memorized as a new believer is, is probably the first verse I memorized as a new believer. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all, not some, all, not many, all your ways, and he shall direct your path. As we enter into this new year, there's plenty of work to be done for the kingdom, saints. Somebody say amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, 38. Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are what? Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. The harvest refers to the need of the gospel. Those in need of the gospel. Jesus is saying there's a lot of folk that have yet to hear the gospel. In other words, there's no shortage in the harvest. The shortage is in the laborers. Like, and, and, and in 2016, like the last 20 years, God is looking for people who want to see his kingdom grow. There's no time to waste. I think of the faithful church, the church of Philadelphia, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things, says he who is holy and true. He who has the key of David and who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. I see I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. The church of Philadelphia was a solid church, and what made them a solid church was that they were committed to the Word of God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.